Alright, hey you guys, welcome back, welcome back to Chop It Up. Y'all already know we have an exciting, very exciting conversation uh, today and a very imperative one that we need to have because as we transition back into work culture, I really think, I really thought that this uh, program, uh, this episode would be really beneficial for all of us as we transition back into the work environment. So, welcome back to Top It Up. Again, you guys, we just want to thank you all so much for supporting this podcast, supporting our endeavor. It has meant so much. Thank you for um, engaging with us online and just loving the content. We hope that it's helping you in your career development, in your personal life. We really hope that you are able to get some type of gems from a few of these episodes that we have produced thus far. So, again, welcome back to Top It Up, you guys. We have an amazing guest. Yes, I know you guys are tired of me saying that, but I mean it. <laughs> um, we have an amazing guest uh, today uh, that's joining us and is going to talk about the corporate work culture and so forth. So I'm really, really excited to share uh, this guest and the gems that he will be dropping tonight. So again, welcome back to Top It Up. Guest, are you ready? Are you ready to top it up? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, you ready? <laughs> let's go. So, you guys, let me read you his bio so you guys get a little background as to who we, who we, we will be speaking with today. All right, so Akita is a leadership character development and relationship coach, as well as co-owner of Elite Vision Builders Business Consultants. With over 20 years of cross center experience and 15 years of management experience, Akita has worked with teams of 30 employees or more than well-established companies to startups. He even became the first African-American in senior leadership for one of the organizations he's a part of. He graduated from Kern University with a Bachelor in Communication and has also held certificates in HR Management and Diversity and Inclusion from Cornell University. Currently, Akita advises professionals on ways to enhance their competitive edge through continued educational programs. As a Black man who has experienced disengagement, toxic cultures, and microaggressions, Akita remains passionate about educating organizations about diversity, inclusion, and engagement. He wants to see underrepresented people empowered to succeed. And I think that is so beautiful. Akita, welcome to Chop It Up. How are you tonight? Well, first, let me thank you so much, Kamisha, for having me here. I really do appreciate you taking the time out to ask little old me to come and, and just speak on these things. I think that's great. Um, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. Well, you know what? Listen, I want to thank you for even accepting our invitation because, you know, as I said initially in our intro, that, you know, as COVID, um, as we are migrating out of COVID-19 and going back into the work culture, I think it's really imperative we have these conversations. And you and I have actually spoken offline about some of the issues that I have experienced in the past as well. So I said, yeah. you know what, why don't I... Oh, right. I said, why don't I bring you on to talk to the masses? Because you know what? I believe knowledge is power, right? We can agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think it would be wise to just have you talk about it because, you know, now more than ever, you're hearing about toxic work culture, toxic environment. And so I, want, I wanted us to have an organic conversation 
So what is toxic work culture? What are some scenarios can you provide if someone doesn't even know that they're in a position that's not healthy? Yeah, so toxic culture is, uh, is really about any type of relationship that you have that is not conducive for your mental health, your showing up as your true self, or feeling you know, judged for the way that you are, where you come from, your background, your beliefs, all of those things. And there are certain things uh, like microaggressions and ways that people can show different types of um, you know, racial actions towards you just based off of who you are as a person. Now this could look in many different forms because it depends on the person's situation, but it could be you getting overlooked for a promotion. It could be you not getting the same type of uh, favoritism or grace even as somebody else who looks different from you. It could be your voice not being heard and someone else's being heard. Uh, but it could be so many other areas that could just make you feel like you can't show up as your true self in the corporate section. Yeah, that's amazing because, you know, you spoke about showing up as your true self. And, you know, as we, as we all can engage in social media, there's, um, there's a code that a lot of folks use of color, code switching. I know you've heard of that, mm, right? Absolutely. Right. Talk a little bit about that because that's a little bit new for me, but I definitely understood <laughs> it when I was out. So talk a little bit about that. What is code switching? Yeah, so I mean, you know, my brothers and sisters probably have done code switching before it became popular, right? So basically, you know, code switching is you showing up and adapting to your environment because you started this new job or you want to make sure you get this promotion and you have to adapt and you have to really just find the niche that you're in to fit the lifestyle and fit the perception of other people, right? So that could be talking a certain way that could be behaving a certain way that is not really who you are, you know? And then you, you, ever, you ever seen the, you know, or heard the phrase when, when you take off your hat or when you clock out, you're a whole different person, right? right. That's code switching. Or when your boss walks in a room or, you know, uh, when, when your manager walks in a room and then you kind of act differently or you talk more mechanic or those types of things, but that's code switching, you know? And I think it's important for people to know that because these are things that has been going on for many, many years, and we're only starting to catch up to it. We're only starting to now have these difficult conversations um, where people have experienced these things all of their adult life or most of their adult life. Absolutely. And so, you know what, I have worked prior to me, you know, being an entrepreneur, I've worked in the corporate sector. And, you know, as we were even talking prior to this, um, episode, I experienced microaggression. I definitely experienced it, and I didn't even know how to define it. But as I'm looking back in my walk, in, in my corporate journey, I definitely have, my voice has not always been heard. And it has very much been minima, minimized many times. So what would you say, what is the best approach, would you say, as we are all, as folks are going back into the work environment, what should we be looking for as we go back into, as we integrate with the workplace? What keys should we be looking for in terms of toxic work culture? And how, how do we best address them without being a problem or disruptor? Yeah, so I mean, first, let me say that this is why, you know, people as managers, because I've worked all the way from just a regular call center representative to someone in management to senior leadership. So I know 
how it is on both ends of the spectrum. But as leaders, as managers, we have such a, uh, a valuable and such an important role in the trajectory of our employees' lives, right? So it's our responsibility to make sure that we're bringing engagement, making sure that we're letting our team's voices be heard, um, and understanding that th through doing that, you actually are more innovative and more productive. You know, people think it's the reverse. Oh, just do it my way. Just do it the way that we've been doing it for years. But you don't grow that way. And that is a sure way for your business to fail and fail fast as things mm -hmm. are changing now. That is Absolutely. so right. So, yeah. oh my as, God. So. Yep. so as you know, as someone coming into that, you know, it's, it's really important in your interview stage when you are uh, looking for a job, you know, you want to look at the history, you want to look at the biography of this company, where do they come from? What do they stand for? What are some of the things, you know, HR related benefits that are associated with this? Are they giving back to the community? You know, are they um, promoting from within? Those are the questions that you want to ask when you go to these companies, and that'll let you know what type of environment you're getting into. What is their mission? You know, what is their vision? Those types of things. You know, Akita, sometimes you're absolutely right. And, and, and you know, and let's be 100, right? Sometimes you're looking, especially with the unemployment rate as it is, sometimes you're looking for an opportunity desperately, right? And so you might see key factors in a company, like you said, research the company in, and that's a given. And you see some of their principles are not in alignment with you, but you really want that managerial position or that director role, you know? What can you do, like, when you, when, when you feel like your back is against the wall, where it's like, man, listen, I know the workout today is not the best, but I need this paycheck. Yeah, definitely. And we, we all get into that place, right? Where we, we just got to do what we got to do. Right, because you you gotta pay the bills. You have to pay the bills. But you the the funny thing about you know working is that you're not stuck there. You don't have to to stay there. So if you need something for right now, that's perfectly fine. You know, and this will be um, you know a means to an end. You could be you could be working your way up or looking for another job while you're at the place where you're not really happy. Because you working somewhere for 30 years where you're not happy is not going to be good for your mental health. It's not going to be good for your physical health, you know. So definitely, you know, just do what you can and you can plan for the future. Use that as a means to an end so that you do finally find the job that you're looking for. Got it. I think that's a really good advice. All right. So let's set up a scenario. Young woman. First, I'm right out of college, working in an office, um, very competitive office, like you said. You and I do have something in common. You may not know, but I've actually worked in a call center for my the beginning part of my career. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I am speaking fast when I set up this scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, this is this is coming from, from a deep place right now. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So, you're working in an environment where it's very competitive. Say, for example, the sales environment, very competitive. And um, while you're on the course on the floor, while you're, you know, you're, you're in your office or whatever case, you're overhearing conversations that should not be had. Inappropriate, inappropriate conversation that should not be had, whether it's on the call center or in the office. What can you do? And this is for a man or woman. What can you do to safeguard your relationship with your colleagues? but also let management know that, hey, this is making me uncomfortable. 
what is the best approach? Give me some steps. Yeah, you know, I, I wish there, yeah, of course, of course. And I wish there could be one cut way for every uh, situation, but there isn't. It, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on your relationship with the person. It depends on how your HR is. You know, every HR department is not the same, you know, sadly enough, but um, sometimes you may have to approach different people in, in regards to it. You know, I definitely think that you have to say something because we have to have some sort of integrity and we have to uphold that just as people and who we are. But um, if you don't feel comfortable with approaching the person, then tell your manager. You know, if you don't feel, and this is the beautiful thing about different chains of command, right? So if, if you don't feel comfortable with your manager, then maybe you need to tell another manager. Maybe you need to go up to the HR department. Uh, maybe you need to, you know, tell another representative that handles those grievances and things like that. Um, but definitely you should say something. And you can be anonymous too. You don't have to, you know, put your name out there. Awesome. Those are some good tips. Yeah. And that's, that's really good that you said that. So, you know what, so tell us, you know, as you read your bio, you know, you have 20 years of experience. What have you learned? What have been like some common things that you've learned in your experience that can help our listeners today uh, through their career journey? So I would say from an entry level position, when you're going and starting a new job, don't be so quick to, to want to advance and, do everything. Sometimes we want to, you know, just make ourselves seem so valuable that, oh, I want to help out with this. I want to do that. I want to do this. Learn the job, learn what you were given and be good at it. Don't worry about advancing so fast because what happens is you start to get more than you can take. You start to get more than you're actually capable of. And it makes it look like you may be incompetent when you're not, you just went too fast. So I would yeah. say, take your time, learn the job and perfect what you do. Then once you have that down, then you look for advancement. I love that, I love that. And it's so funny you said that because I was recently working on a contract with the state and I noticed that I felt like I was, you know, I wanted to do more, like I was ready to excel. And my manager, the project manager had to tell me, no, like take your time, you're not there yet. They didn't say it as that delicately. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, seriously, but you know, I, I have to understand because even in that role, I was still learning certain things, but I just wanted not necessarily to excel in a, fa in a timely fashion, but I just felt like I, I wanted more responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. So yes, I, it's good that you said that. Kind of perfect your craft before you try to move to the next step. And that's, that's in everything. That's in life. Everything, you know, and it's not to say that people don't learn fast or they don't pick up fast. If you've got it, then great. But if you don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. Because like I said, uh -huh. it, it will, in the end, it will make you look bad and it will be bad on your, you know, as far as your work history is concerned. And you don't want that. And that doesn't speak to the person you are, you know? That's right, that's right. So you have, you're the owner of Elite Vision Builders. It's a business consultant, so talk to us about that. What is that about? And how did that so, come about? Yeah, definitely. So that came about because I've experienced, like I said, my own toxic experiences where I was told my voice was heard, but it really wasn't. Um, I've gotten overlooked or even some jobs got let go for things that weren't even my error or my fault, but just because there were a change in organizational needs, you know, quote unquote. Um, but 
you know, my job or what, I'm, what my passion is, is that I want to talk to other organizations about making sure that their goals and their alignment lines up with what they're actually doing inside. You know, making sure that employees are coming, being able to be their true selves and offer suggestions, recommendations, talk the way that they talk, you know, act the way that they act and not feel judged by, by it. You know, not feeling like they're gonna be excluded out of certain things because who they, who they really are. Uh, so we talk about that. We also talk about ways to bring more engagement um, you know, and how leaders should develop those relationships, because I feel like relationship is the primary piece when you're leading somebody, right? You, you lead with transparency, you lead with engagement, um, and, and you have your team, you empower your team, you know? Sometimes us as managers, we can put employees in a way where they need us all the time. That, that shouldn't be that way. You should wanna empower your team to make their own executive decisions, being leaders themselves. And that, that speaks volumes of a leader, you know, when he builds more leaders. Mm, man, I don't know if you, if that's a quote from a book, but that's so powerful what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. It is so true. Imagine if many of the folks in management uh, positions thought that way, because a lot of times we have folks that are into micromanaging or minimizing mm -hmm. So the the um the the workers the talents and skill sets minimizing or not even identifying those exactly. talents and yeah so and I absolutely think that makes, it makes for a more fruitful workforce and a more productive workforce as you say yeah what yeah. is your take on work I was speaking to a friend of mine and he said to me oh my god. It is the best thing. I, we didn't even know we needed <laughs> remote work, telecommuting. Do you do you think that's here to stay, or there's going to be like a mix of that with companies? So yeah, I definitely think that with the pandemic and everything that we've done, as far as uh, you know, stopping the commute, being remote, everything, I think it has definitely changed how we will see work going forward and for the rest of this future. You know. Yeah. Um, I think as businesses open up, they're going to still keep a hybrid of certain things, um, you know, and having people who don't need to travel and having them remote. And the beautiful thing, beautiful thing about um, working remote is that you can hire top talent from other places of the world. Right. And that's right. huge. That is huge, you know, to be able to get somebody from, uh, from California or somebody from North Carolina to, to work at your business and never having to step foot in that place. Yeah. <laughs> there are some pros and cons, right? Pros and cons, yep, definitely. Now, of course, you know, so being social is always important. You know, we always wanna make sure that we're around people and those types of things and that helps, but these are the times that we live in now. <laughs> oh, that's right. So what are you working on that you would love to share with our um, listeners? Any books, any workshops? Any particular way that we can plug in and follow you online? Yeah, so I'm still um, offering consulting with the business. Uh, we do team, um, you know, engagements. We do different types of functions where we facilitate and training. Uh, but then I'm also a relationship coach as well. Uh, I've been married for 13 years, and me, my wife, and I, 
we actually have a platform where we create a community for healthy culture and healthy relationships. We're actually planning a two-day conference coming in August on the 27th and the 28th. And anyone listening, if you want to have a healthier relationship, or even if you have a healthy relationship and you just want to maintain it, you can go to www.tishatalks.org backslash events to register. It's a two-day event. We have panelists, guests, games, and everything like that. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I know you spoke a little bit about that to me offline. So what 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 does that entail? Because that's needed. And a part of this podcast is relationship building. So if someone yeah. was interested, couple was interested, what would they get out of that experience? Yeah. So I mean, first let me say that relationships I think are so important in the workplace and in marriage and just in friendship. Relationships are so key to, to the development of people. Uh, but with this they'll get everything out of it. We have a panelist talking about intimacy, about communication. Uh, we're actually gonna be speaking on how to balance your work and a relationship, because that could get a little hectic too. Um, and then we're also talking about, uh, we have a couple who had uh, experienced infidelity as well. So they're gonna be talking about how they came out of that uh, also. Awesome, man. I'm going to definitely be there. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to definitely tune in. Is that virtually or is that going to be like at a location? It's virtually, but it's going to feel like it's in person now. <laughs> All right. That, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, you know what? As we wrap up, um, thank you so much again for lending your voice to such an amazing conversation. We definitely want to have you back on. So, you know, as we wrap up toxic culture and the work environment, what are some last thoughts you'd like to leave with someone that is literally going into the workforce, um, re-entering the workforce, what are some thoughts you'd like to give that person? Yeah, I think first you want to develop a good plan. You want to know what is your end game uh, and, and figure out because you don't want to be stuck in, uh, in an organization and realize how the heck did I get here, right? So you want to work out a plan, you want to find out what you're passionate about and work towards that passion because that passion could be in many different places. Uh, but if you find a place, but it's not your passion, then you're, you're not gonna be happy. Uh, so do that, stick where you're at if you can, perfect your craft and then advance and, and you'll be good to go. And always, you know, you wanna do continued education, always learning, always growing, so. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. So one question I have for you, we, have, we started like a new little teaser um, for our guests. I wanna ask you, out of the five senses, which one would you keep and which one you can do without? Out of the five senses, which one would you keep and which one you'll do without? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. Well, I love food, so I would have to say taste. I would definitely have to keep. Um, and if anything, um, I would say maybe hearing. Hearing? You can do it out maybe hearing? Hear. I could yeah. do it out hearing as, as long as I could see it and I could feel it and touch it. I think that would be good. Okay, cool. Great. Well, Akiba, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight on Chop It Up. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we wish you so much success. Uh, we will we'll definitely share your upcoming event with our community as well. And listen, you have a special invitation on the next Chop It Up. Uh, definitely. I'll be more than happy. And thank you so much, Kamisha, again for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You guys, if you like this episode, make sure you like it, you follow, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next Chop It Up. Bye, Akiva.
Bye-bye.